You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. We are so glad to have you. Genesis chapter 12. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 12 this morning. I want to share a few things with you from the Word of God this morning. And I want us to continue dealing with the Journeyman Chronicles this morning. Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. If you have it, go on and just stand to your feet one more time. Hallelujah. That way you don't have to worry about Standing up the rest, of the rest of the morning. Hallelujah. We're going to honor the Lord. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 12. See, I'm doing this for you. That way you can eat lunch without a guilty conscience. Because you've done burned some, some calories in Jesus' name. So Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. The word of God states this. Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house To a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That is the journeyman contract that we talked about last week. Those three verses. If we step out, God will step in. And he will work in us and he will do things in us. But look at beginning in verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And then Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered. And the people whom they had acquired at Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came... To the land of Canaan. Don't you wish, brother and sister, that your journey to Canaan was that quick? You leave in one verse and you're there by the time you get finished with the verse. Hallelujah. It seems like that it's not very long. It's a very short trip. But brother and sister, can I share some with you? A lot of stuff goes on in that little dash. A lot of stuff goes on in, this, in that one verse. Look at verse 6. Abram passed through the land of the place of the Shechem, as far as the terebinth trees of Moriah. And the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. You can turn around and be seated, but before you do, tell three or four people, say, I'm a journeying on. This morning I'm going to speak from the Journeyman Chronicles. And I'm going to speak specifically on one topic. Building altars. Building altars. Last week in Genesis 12, we were introduced to a man 
whose accomplishments and sheer faith in a promise gained him access or entrance into the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. All the background information that we have of Abram is very limited. We know his wife, we know his father, we know the town that he grew up in, that he lived in. But beyond that, we don't know a whole lot about Abram. But in that mystery, something caught the Lord's eye in Abram. And the Lord called Abram to come into actually partnership with and covenant with. And he gave uh, Abram the opportunity to be able to come into contract with him. And the only thing that the Lord was asking as we, he, he just literally just stated this, he offered a contract with Abram that would result in blessings for Abram, in Abram, and through Abram, if he would only meet one precondition. And that was this. Just be willing to take a journey with the Lord. As we talked about last week, if you will just be willing to allow the Lord to take you to places that you've never been, you will find things about you that you have never experienced before. You will find depths of ministry that you've never found before. That you've never experienced before. Why is it? Because brother and sister, new always lies beyond the borders of what you've always done. New ministry always lies beyond the borders of what you've always done. How you've always done things. How you've always been this way. And how you've always... And then, sister, understand this. God wants to be able to take you into a new place and do new things in you and be able to perform works in you that he's never worked before. He wants you to be the one that sees your family one to God. He wants you to be the one that leads your neighbor to the Lord. He wants you to be the one that stands for God in your workplace. He wants you to be the one that allows God to be able to do great things. He wants you to become the prayer warrior and not the one that you're asking others to pray for. He's wanting you to be the one He's wanting you to be the one. You say, Pastor Tim, I've never been that before. That's okay. Before anybody ever, ever made it in their promised land, they had to start the journey not ever being there. So if you haven't got it all together, guess what? You're in good company because not everybody has it all together. Brother and sister, understand this. Whenever those new things begin to be made within our lives, guess what? God is able to make new things in us. Brother and sister, last week, we as a church, we declared that that we will trust the Lord and that we're going to take a journey with the Lord. That if He will lead, then we will follow. If He will empower us in this journey, then we will continue to follow Him in the journey. If He will bless us so that we can bless others in this community, then guess what? We will continue to follow Him even as He does what He has promised. We will be changed. We will make progress. We will step into the unknown and make the unknown known. Why? Because the Lord is with us. We will reach our promised land of blessing and our purpose will be fulfilled. Now, brothers and sisters, as we get into the scripture that we were at, listen to what begins to happen. 
Abraham is not just willing to take a journey. Because there's a difference between willing to take a journey and then actually taking a journey. We have a lot of people that are willing, that they will say, I'm willing to take the journey. But they're not really actually willing to actually step out and take it. To take the steps that are needed to be able to fulfill what God wants to do in your life. Abram was a special kind of guy because he was not only willing to say, yes, Lord, I will go. But he actually said, yes, Lord, I will go when it was time to go. He didn't just respond to the altar call that the Lord gave. He actually stepped out of the church and he actually put actual feet to pavement and began to walk even as God began to lead him. Brother, let's just realize something, what is happening here. He stepped out and he left what was comfortable to see what God can do in him, through him, and for him. He takes his wife, he takes his possessions, he takes his servants, he takes his nephew, Lot, and they all take a journey with him. They journeyed through many lands that were claimed by different nations until they got to the place called Canaan, his promised land. His promised land was already inhabited by the Canaanites. But that didn't bother him. Why? Because that was his land. That was what God had promised him. Brother and sister, and once they arrived at Canaan land, guess what the Lord did? The Lord appeared to Abram and he reaffirmed the contract that he made with him. When Abraham received this message, the land, the, this is the land that I am giving to you and to your descendants. Abram did an amazing thing in verse 7 of Genesis chapter 12. Guess what he did? He built an altar. Whenever he heard from the Lord, he built an altar. Whenever he heard the reaffirming that, you know what, Abram, since you left where you were at and you chose to follow me, now I am showing you that I'm a man of my word and here we are. You followed my Holy Ghost GPS and you have found where I've called you to be. This is your place. This is your time. And he built an altar. But guess what he also did? He did something else that was amazing. And that is this. He not only built an altar to worship the Lord and to memorialize the fact that God was faithful to him. But guess what else he did? He celebrated the Lord's faithfulness. But then guess what else he did? He got up and he walked on. Well, I guess it wasn't that. Hallelujah. He got up and he walked on. He walked on in every circumstance. He walked on and he took on a journey. He started traveling again. And as he traveled again in the promised land, something must have happened because we don't know exactly what happened, but we know that somewhere between Bethel and Ai, guess what happened? All of a sudden he says, you know what, in verse 8, I need to make an altar because I need to talk to the Lord. So what did he do? He built an altar. He'd gotten to a position where he is now in a place that 
We don't know what's going on. We don't know the circumstances surrounding it. We don't know the situation. But this is what we do know. And that is this. When he got between Bethel and Ai, he said, you know what? I need to talk to the Lord. And so he built, a, built an altar. Whatever that reason was that he built the altar, the one thing that we do know is this. The precedent was set in Abram's life. What is that precedent? He became an altar builder. Everywhere he went in the promised land, guess what? You could, you could track him. Why? Because he was building altars. Everywhere he went, he was building altars. And then guess what he did in verse 9? He built an altar, and guess what he did? He started journeying, and he started his journey again. He was somebody that built altars and kept following the Lord. Building altars, following the Lord. Building altars and following the Lord. The precedent is set in Abram's life. I'm going to build an altar and I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to build an altar and I'm going to follow the Lord. Brother and sister, understand something. An altar is defined as a built-up or elevated structure that is normally of stones that is used to offer sacrifices on for a religious purpose or to memorialize important events. In our scripture reading this morning, we find out that Abram built two kinds of altars. The first type is this, an altar of divine initiation. It's an altar that is built whenever God initiates contact with you. In verse 7, whenever the Lord talks to Abram, he immediately gets up and builds an altar to celebrate it, to worship God for it, to thank God that God has been faithful. But the second type is found in verse 8. Whenever he comes to a place, he says that he builds an altar of earthly initiation. And that is, God, I can't wait for you to talk to me because I need to talk to you. So what does he do? He builds an altar. Now understand something, whether it's divine initiation or earthly initiation, realize this, both types of altars deal with one central objective, communication with God. And that communication with God brings revelation and that revelation knowledge then leads to what to fellowship between God and man oh Lord have mercy y'all are being so very quiet this morning both types of altars are for there for the same purpose communicating with God that brings about revelation that thereby leads to fellowship with God. Brother and sister, understand this this morning. Building altars of communication with God are extremely important in your journey in following what God has for you. If you don't know exactly the way that you're going, you need to build altars. They are important. Why? Because brother and sister, understand what begins to happen. The, these Altars of communication are extremely important in your journey because they produce 
revelations of who you are and of who God is and what God can do in you. These altars are important. They mark something very important because it begins the ongoing understanding of who you are in Christ, of who Christ is, of who God is, of who you are, and then also of what God can do in you. I said to realize something. If you're just on a journey and you're just wandering around on a journey from church to church, hopping here and there, and you're here and there, and you're here and there, and you're bouncing all over the place, the only thing that you're going to have at the end of the day is this, being lost and confused, okay? Understand what begins to happen. The Lord sends Abram on a journey, and the journey is one that's led by God, and He leads them to a place, and when God is ready to reveal Himself, as God that is faithful and that is just and that will do what He says that He would do, immediately Abraham says, praise God, thank you Jesus, you are a God that is faithful by building an altar. And later on as he's journeying and he comes to a place that stuff is happening, he says, I can't wait for God to talk to me. I've come to the end of my rope. I need to talk to God. And he reveals himself. Brother Sid understands that these altars are important because it allows us to know who we are. Brother Sid realized this this morning. God is a God that wants to reveal himself to you. He is a God that wants to show himself to you. He is a God that wants you to know him. He wants you to. But brother and sister, if you are not an altar builder, you will then have to lean on what other people tell you about God. And that sets you up for failure. Brothers and realize something. I don't need you to tell me nothing about my wife. Why? Because I've lived with her for 21 years. I know her. I love her. Brother and sister, can I share something with you? I don't need you to tell me about my parents. Why? Because I've been around them for 40 some odd years. If you are somebody that has to be able to relate to individuals in your life by stories that somebody else tells you about them, then you are leaving yourself open to not knowing really who he is and that relationship that you have with him. I'm telling you this morning, in the church for some odd reason, we have such ability and so much information out there. My goodness gracious, if you want to know something about the Lord, you can be able to get on, Lord, all kinds of places. And be able to look up. I'll just tell you this. Don't, I, Google is not a place to be looking up spiritual questions. Can I share this with you? Because you get all kinds of mess. Okay? So if you have a spiritual question, Google is not the place that you want to go look for. Because you will get 15 million different answers. And I will guarantee you 4,000, well, 14,990 of them are probably not necessarily correct. Brother and sister, if you are having to relate to all of your knowledge about Jesus for long periods of time by what other people tell you, you are in spiritual danger of being able to fulfill your journey. Why? Brother and sister, God wants to have a relationship with you.
He wants to be able to have a relationship with you. And understand this. You begin to look throughout the Old Testament. How do we begin to mark places where God begins to reveal himself? What his character is and what his name is. It is through altars. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. We'll talk about that one in a couple weeks. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Sidkenu. Jehovah Nissi. The Lord our healer. The Lord our righteousness. The Lord our banner. All of these, these names of who God is are all revelations that happened that were memorialized by what? An altar. We're a place where we communicate with God. A place where we come face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear me, brother and sister, and set your eyes here this morning. Realize something. If you don't know what it is to build altars in your life, there is spiritual destruction that can come to your life very simply. Why? Because you can be fooled and you can lose your place and your direction on your journey. Oh, Lord, have mercy. The altar revelation brings about change to your life. How am I changed? How does this journey from point A to point B change me? How am I, how am I changed? How is this, this process moved along? This process of sanctification in our life where we become, get saved and we are redeemed, but yet there are certain issues that we're having to deal with, that we're having to work on, that we're going to have to take under control. Those things in our life, as they begin to move, brother and sister, they are in a process that we begin to have to live through and begin to work on. And this process along our journey is made possible whenever we begin to build altars. That place where we communicate with God in the Old Testament. Listen, the Word of God says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I believe, in verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, that image of Christ, that image of God, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What does that mean? That the moments that the Lord comes and begins to work in us, those are the moments that He changes us. Those are the moments that He changes us. What is the difference between being somebody and acting like somebody? What is the difference between being somebody and acting like somebody? We've all seen actors that have tried to play the part of real individuals. And when they, whenever you know and you meet the real individual, you're like going, ooh, that's nothing like him. It's nothing like him. There's a movie, uh, uh, a television movie of, uh, about Ronald Reagan. And I can't remember the actor that, that played him, but completely and totally, when you looked at him, you're like going, the only thing that I can be able to say about him and Ronald Reagan about the way they look, and that is this, they both wore suits. And they both parted their hair. But beyond that, you're like going, what in the world? Voice wasn't the same. The way they talked wasn't the same. All that stuff, it just wasn't the same. 
And then you can take other individuals like Will Smith and Muhammad Ali that you look at him and you're like going, oh my Lord, look at that. How that he, he talks like him, he looks like him. It's just a transformation that goes on in his life and you're like going, my goodness gracious. But understand something, whether it is a bad copy or a good copy, guess what? It's still a copy. I can be able to watch some of you and I can be able to begin to, to, to act some like you. I can be able to watch you long enough and be able to tell exactly what I can watch some of you the way you walk the way that you talk and I can mock that. I would say copy it, but I can't really, uh, you know, it wouldn't be good enough to be able to really say copy. But I can, I can act like it. I can mock it just a little bit. But guess what? No matter how hard I try to be able to capture who you are, guess what? No matter how good it may be that I can be able to act like Glenn at a concert, <laughs> guess what? I'm still not Glenn. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Did y'all hear that? Glenn said, there's nobody like me. I said, yes, thank you, Jesus. He couldn't handle another one. But you know what? Yes, you are. But you know what? The thing about it is this. Nobody can be like Glenn. Nobody can be like me. You can try to copy it. But you can't be me. No matter how good you are at it, you are a copy. But how many Christians do we have walking around that are nothing more than a copy of somebody that they have seen. They're a copy of, of what their pastor has said. They're a copy of, of maybe what this one has said. They're trying to act like somebody else, but that's not really who they are. I'll tell you something. You can be able, I can wave my hanky all day long and you can wave it back at me and you can say Amen. You can be able to do that all day long, but does that mean that just because you wave a hanky, that you actually are me? No. No. Brother and sister, what we have in the church today is too many copies. We have too many copies of this one. Too many copies of that one. Too many copies of this guy. Or that guy. And we have too many copies. I'm here to tell you something. Whenever I, I remember one of the first times I ever saw this before in my life. And I thought, my God, what in the world? Back in the mid-90s when the Brownsville explosion was going on. Down in Brownsville, uh, uh, in Pens Pensacola, uh, Florida. Brownsville First Assembly of God. Where they were having, literally, you would wait all day to get into church. And they were just having massive church meetings. And power of God just everywhere. That I was traveling and I would go places. And I would hear the same set that they had played. You'd hear the same terminology. You'd hear the same songs. You'd hear the same type of messages that Steve Hill would preach. You'd hear all this stuff. And it was nothing more than just a copy of what happened at Brownsville. Brother, can I just share some with you? Brother and sister, understand something. 
God is no longer wanting to deal with just copies of somebody else. He wants to deal with you as an individual. And He wants you. He wants you. He's not looking for another copy of Pastor Rose. He's not looking for another copy of Pastor Joan. He's not looking for another copy of this one or that one. He is looking for you. He's looking for you to step out in faith and begin to know who He is by building altars in your life and allowing God to reveal Himself in you and to you about who He is. I'm here to tell you something. My version of living for God was different than my parents. Why is that? Because I am wired differently. I remember as a child trying to be able to live like my mom and dad. For the Lord. They had been serving the Lord for 20, 30 years before I ever got here. And as a child trying to be able to take that example and try to copy it in my life, Oh, Lord Jesus. That was rough. You know what it did? I began to fall and fail all the time in it. I couldn't be consistent in it. There was no way I could do it. Why? Because of one big reason. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. But brothers and sisters, what began, the Lord began to teach me through rebellion and all through all the junk that was in my life, and that is this, that God loves me and He wants me to take a journey with Him. And if I will ever just step out and take the journey, He will begin to show me who He is and how I can live for Him as I build altars along the way. And as I get in His presence, And as I get in his presence, you know what begins to happen? God begins to change me. I said, can I just share this with you this this morning very quickly? And that is this. The biggest thing that you need to have in your day. You know what? (coughs) Lord, hopefully, well, they're not here, so hallelujah anyhow. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about all this, this, you know, theological mess. Mess. Of what people have told them and 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 told them. And all kinds of stuff that is going on. And if you come and you talk to me, you'll you'll probably realize this pattern very, very quickly. If you want to talk about a whole lot of just theological, just confusion in your life. You know what we're going to start with? And that is this. What have you experienced from the Lord? What has the Lord not talked to you through a book? Not, not, not what your pastor has said, not anything else, but what has the Lord begun to talk to you about? Brothers and sisters, understand something. God is in the business where He wants to reveal Himself to you. For some, for some odd reason, we have so made such living for God so complicated. So complicated when the Lord just says this, come take a journey with me and build some altars. As I begin to share with you, you stop and build altars. And whenever you need me, you stop and build altars. And let's communicate back and forth. And as we begin to communicate, we will grow together. This, you know, brother and sister, this change may occur slowly 
And this change may occur quickly. This process of you becoming what the Lord has called you to be, it may, at certain stages, it may be very, very quick. Other stages, it may be very, very slow. But know this. If you will keep building altars and keep on your journey, God is going to reveal himself. See, sometimes we'll look at Abram in verse 5 and say, well, Abram, he started and he got to his destination within one verse. Just kapow. Lorraine's sister, did you read through, through the different lands that he had to go through? He had to make it, make it through a lot of stuff. We don't know what happens. Let me tell you something. The next time you're on a grave, out in a graveyard, I want you to go through and I want you to look at the tombstone. You may not know who the person is, but you'll see, you know, Mr. So-and-so from 1925 to 2025. Or let's just say that since 25 hasn't got here, let's go to 2010. The thing that separates those two dates is a dash. Mother and sister, can I just share some of you? The important stuff happens in that dash. But you don't see all the stuff, it just says dash. Mother and sister, we don't know what Abram went through. But the one thing that we do know is that God was faithful. And brother and sister, understand something. Stop comparing your walk with God with anybody else's. And you put your eye on God and you say, Lord Jesus, work in me and I will be changed as I spend time with you and as you spend time with me and I will be what you have called me to be. I will not be a copy of anybody else, but I will be the true blue child of God that has a passion for you and that is moving forward. I may be a Sunday school teacher, but I won't be like some other person because that's not me. But what is me? God, bring out and let me be the best Sunday school teacher I can be. I can't drive a van like somebody else, but that's okay. Brother David, he's an expert at it. But brother and sister, understand this. You can be the best Holy Ghost van driver in the entire world, and it may not be like anybody else, but you be you. My Lord have mercy. I tell you, there was a time I was, uh, I was in a traveling. And, and I went through a couple of different workshops and other things. And we was doing this one summer while I was going out. And I was doing nothing but just teenage explosions. Youth evangelism explosion. We'd go out and we'd have big, you know, uh, meetings. And then we would go out and then we would uh, uh, train students how to be able to go out and witness and all that stuff. And they taught us and they would say give me 60 seconds to tell you about jesus and it was all like pow 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 whoop pow, 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 pow. and i was like going my lord have mercy but that and so i we begin to train people on how to do it and i can you can be able to tell you know they'd come in there and they'd go bop, 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 whoop, bop, bop. jesus born jesus life jesus death jesus resurrection and whoop up to heaven he goes and he's waiting for you And we would just mass produce that. 
We let people out go out into the out into the, the inner the inner town there that we was in or inner city according to whatever city was we was in. And man, they would have some people come back like going, man, we somehow saw, saw somebody going to God. Other people come back and say, we didn't see nothing. My brothers and sisters, understand this. They were all coming to a place, and I'll be honest with you, now I can't do that very well. Why? Because I figured out something else that works for me. And that is this. I can be Jesus, and I can show Jesus to any other person around me by the way I live, by the way I talk, by the way I act, in everything I do. And brother and sister, I don't have to say, give me 60 seconds. I can just say, watch the way I walk through Kroger. Watch the way I walk through a Walmart. Watch what I do, and you will see Jesus in me. See, brother and sister, if you're a copy, you can't do that. Because that's real life. That's real life. Brother and sister, we must have altars in our lives. We must come to a place, brother and sister, that we develop altars. Let me just share some with you. If you're somebody here at the past time, I don't know how to build altars. I don't really know how to pray. I don't know how to communicate with God. Let me just stop you there and let me say this. You want to know how to learn to be able to pray. You need to be around prayers. 7 o'clock, Monday night, right here, we're going to be praying. Come and build an altar. You say, Pastor Tim, I, I can only pray maybe 10 minutes. That's okay. Show up and do what I did whenever I was a kid. Sister, pray, Sister Faye would pray. My mom would pray. And I would go... Yes, Lord, whatever they said. Whatever they said, Lord, that, do that in me too. Do that in me too. Do that in me too. Why? Because I was trying to learn how to really be able to pray. Brother and sister, you need to be able to develop a prayer life, an, a life around an altar. Let me just share this with you very, very quickly. I don't have any more time, but let me just share this with you. Genesis chapter 12, I want you to go and I want you to read this. You can read this later on. Verses 10 through 20. Can I share some with you on this journey? There will be issues. There will be hard times. There will be times that you're going through things and you're saying, but you're, you can be able to say, but pastor, I'm building altars. I'm talking to the Lord. And that's the only thing that's keeping my sanity with everything else that's going on around. Can I just share some with you? If you're in that boat, guess what? That's what the altar's all about. He'll keep you together when everything else is splitting apart. But then, but, you know, I want good things to happen. I want great things to happen. I don't want all this difficulty. I don't want, brother and sister, understand something. In every life, there will be difficulties. But realize this. The Lord Jesus Christ is with us to make our difficulties nothing more than just a stepping block to be able to take the next step in knowing who Christ is and what He can do in us. Abram's having some problems. Why? Because a famine has hit Canaan. Oh, oh, but past him, he is in his promised land and he's got a famine. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes there will be issues. Sometimes there will be problems. Guess what? 
He is faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, He is faithful. You know what Abram does? He leaves his promised land and he goes to Egypt. Why? Because they have food there. So Abram realizes something. Now this, this boggles my mind. Just forgive me for a second because we don't know how long that Abram's been traveling. The only thing we do know is this. That he was 75 years old when he started. Sarah is not much younger than him. Okay? So whenever Sarah has got to be close to her AARP card. But Moses looks at Sarah and Sarah had to be a stunning lady. Because... He looks at Sarah and says, if I bring Sarah into Egypt, Pharaoh is going to try to kill me to get my wife. So you know what he does? He says, Sarah, you just tell them that, I'm your, that you're my sister. That way, you don't, I don't get killed. But can I just share something with you? You want to talk about a man of faith? Here you go. Right there, there's Abram. He's a man of faith. God's revealed himself to him. Said, this is the land. Moses or Abram has been building altars. He's been talking to the Lord all over the promised land. But all of a sudden, when he gets into problems, guess what he starts doing? He starts meddling with it. Lord, I can't really trust you. I can't really trust you in this. You know, Lord, you've got other things to deal with, so you probably don't need to deal with my stuff. You've got to deal with this thing. You know all that stuff that we'll give to the Lord, you know. We'll give excuses on why we can't trust the Lord when really it's just like, I can deal with this because, well, you know what, you've got so many other bigger things. No, it's because you just don't trust the Lord. That's the, only, that's the biggest deal right there. You just don't trust Him. I know I just cut through all your, yeah, I know I just cut right through some of y'all's stuff. Man, listen. Understand something. He wants to be a part of every issue. If it bothers you, it's an issue to him. Because he loves you. So trust him. Trust him. And here we find Pharaoh in this position that Pharaoh sees Sarah, and guess what? Abram was right, because he looks at Sarah and says, Hey, baby. You can come on to my house with your AARP card. Come on. Guess what? He brings her on in. You know what the Lord begins to do? He begins to send plagues to Pharaoh's house. It's a precursor to what he did to, to Moses, with Moses. He starts sending plagues to Pharaoh's house. Pharaoh's like going, what's going on? And all of a sudden, the Lord reveals to him that, Pharaoh, that Sarah is not for him, that he is not to marry her or to touch her. Why? Because it is, she is Abram's. Catch this, brother and sister. Principal, understand this. God will be faithful to you. You just have to figure out if you will be faithful to the Lord. Oh, Lord, have mercy. But let's just realize what then happened. The Lord then 
blesses Abram, and he leaves completely restored with his wife. And you know what he does? Genesis chapter 13. He enters back into Canaan land. And when he enters back into Canaan land in Genesis chapter 12 or chapter 13, what is the first thing he does? He goes right back to building altars. He recognized that he did something stupid. He recognized that he did something wrong. But guess what? God is faithful. Even when we do foolish things, God is faithful. Brother and sister, understand this morning. When you are an altar builder, that doesn't mean you have all the answers. It doesn't mean that you are perfect. But what it does mean is this. That you know the person who has your answer. And sometimes he doesn't share everything he knows whenever we want him to. But realize this. He will share it when it makes the greatest impact in your life. The only thing that you need to do, and that is this. Build altars. Don't stop building altars. Build altars. He is faithful. Numbers 23 and verse 19 states this. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? God is not a man that he should lie. He is somebody that will keep his word. God's not looking for you to be perfect because he recognizes your weakness. But what he does say is this. I have the answer. Just keep building altars. Keep spending time with me. Keep being here. Keep moving. Keep moving and keep building altars. And sister, there's a journey we all have. And if you don't know the path, you need to know the right guide. That guide. Is the one that we build altars to. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother and sister today. Know this. He wants to lead you. He wants to touch you. He wants to work in you. He wants to do something great in you. Brother and sister. We need to build altars. Father. Dear God, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will touch this message, Lord. Dear God, Lord, that it will hit the mark. And in every life, Lord, that we may recognize, that we may understand it. And that, dear God, Lord, that you may work in it. I pray right now, dear Father, in the name of Jesus, be with us. Dear God, Lord, over those, Lord, that have been, Lord, going through some hard times this morning going through battles, going through situations and hardship. Dear God, Lord, that we may be able to experience, Lord, your touch. Lord, if 
Lord, those that are here, Lord, that maybe they're in a position where they've just been copying everybody else. When they say amen, we say amen. Or they just copy in how they live. They copy everything about them. But I pray right now in the name of Jesus, dear God, Lord, that you will work in them as they begin to build altars and they begin to know who you are. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tell you, you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Tim, I'm going through a hardship. I'm going through a struggle. I'm going through some issues. I'm going through some problems. Don't you know this morning, there's an answer for you. There's an answer for you. There's an answer for you. There's somebody here in this building, say, Pastor Tim, I feel like I'm alone in this part of the journey. It's difficult. It's hard. Want you to know something? God is not a man that he should lie. If he's promised it, he will do it. Be faithful. Be encouraged. Be strong. Stand. God will fulfill what he's promised. Pray in the name of Jesus. Right now, Almighty God, let me ask you this across this building. You're here and you say, Pastor Tim, I'm going through a difficult time. I'm going through some difficulties, going through some issues. You say, Pastor Tim, that's me. I just need, I need the Lord to just lift me up this morning. I need to have one of those moments around an altar where he just lifts me up. If you're here this morning, I want you to just stand to your feet. If that's you, you say, Pastor Tim, that's me. I just need the Lord. To just touch me right where I'm at. If that's you, I want you to stand right now. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Just go on and lift you up.